0: Welcome to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show, post game UNLV and the Irish Victory Party. Thank you everyone for joining me this evening uh, live. And we'll get to our people here shortly. And uh, yeah, we're, we're excited. Notre Dame comes out with a victory. Irish defeat the Rebels. Which, I don't know, if, if you would defeat the Rebels, does that make you the Galactic Empire? <laughs> But Notre Dame is victorious, 44-21 to 21 over UNLV. Um, a lot to talk about with this game. Um, uh, the, I think the biggest thing is Notre Dame does not blow out UNLV, um, which is a little disappointing. But uh, hey, we'll get to our first person here. Let's go to Wookiee. Wookie, you've been invited to speak. Welcome to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show.
1: What's up, buddy? How are we doing?
0: Hey, Irish have a
1: victory, man. Woohoo. God, we needed this W, but, 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 but it should have been at least fifty four to seven final. those last two touchdowns by UNLV that that was Al Golden's fuck up. Like <laughs> you know, there's too many defensive mistakes on this game right here, which it should have been a blowout. It yeah. should have been.
0: Yeah. And I think the way Notre Dame started pretty strong, you know, scoring 23 points in the first quarter and it's kind of, you know, anyone who missed the last show, um, that we did, we, uh, we kind of pointed out that there's a huge problem that Notre Dame isn't scoring at all really in the first quarter. They'd only scored six points all season, uh, prior to this game in the first quarter and Notre Dame blows that up with 23 points. But then that's like, their peak, and then they never get to that level of productivity.
1: I did, however, like um, uh, Isaiah with his block punting abilities. Yes. That was great, even though that was that was special teams, not defense. But putting him in that situation, whose ever decision that was, was golden. That that was perfect.
0: Yeah, and and the special teams uh coach uh, Brian Mason, I believe. Um he is I I'm actually very pleased with how special teams has looked this year versus previous years uh under Brian Polian as our special teams yeah. coach. Um and you know, um you know, we're we're kicking good field goals. You know, Blake Groupie is a decent kicker. Um you know, he had what did he have 3, two or 3 tonight? um so you can't one miss yeah can't complain too much about that you know so um you know i would argue that all of those should have been you know touchdowns but um at the end of the day you know Irish come out with a victory and uh wookie are you happy with the win or are you just like left with something like like you want more like this is i'm
1: i'm comfortable with this win I'm not ecstatic about it. We, Like I said, we should have ran it up a lot more than what we did. But I'm comfortable with this victory because it shows what we can do. And there's one thing that I want to point out here. And that is the Tommy Reese versus the um, Drew Pine saga. Is it Tommy Reese or is it Drew Pine that's targeting Chris Mayer all the fucking time? Because Pine is not looking. Mike Mayer, He's not Mike spreading Mayer. the field. He's not spreading the field. Mike Mayer, sorry. Yeah, Thank a- you. But is he not spreading the field or is he just listening to his coaches?
0: You know, that's that's a very good question. You know, we're not in the, the meeting rooms and we don't know exactly what the play calling is. And, you know, I would argue that, you know, you, you need to spread the ball around to your, uh, receivers as far as getting more people touches. I mean, technically Braden Lindsay gets credited with a passing touchdown reception. Um, but let's face it, that's a shovel pass forward like (laughs) one half a yard, you know, basically it's a handoff, um, to him to do the jet sweep. So, I mean, I'm happy that, we're finally incorporating Lindsay. I forget who it was. Um, I would give credit to who it was. Someone on Twitter just before we went live was like, why does it take six flipping games for us to finally do a successful jet sweep to Lindsay when it makes sense? Um, So, so, I mean, I don't want to say better late than never, you know, but well, he's off the milk carton now. So there's no longer a milk carton with a picture of Braden Lindsay where he's missing. Um, I know that's that's kind of crude, but yeah. hey, he's uh hey he, he had four four grabs um and he got a touchdown and you know I'm I'm I will take that for where this team is right now.
1: Yeah, I would too, but there was one play and I think it was uh, second quarter right before half where um Drew Pine went uh, the way it was a goal line. Drew Pine went Went looking basically for number eighty-seven, and number zero. Lindsay cutting across field right in the end zone, wide open, could have scored, and Laird dropped the pass.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I was like, "Why don't you look, dude?" Well,
0: and there was another pass. I I'm pretty sure that hit Lorenzo Styles right in the numbers in the first half. Yep, and it's like. Plink, just right off of him, like wow, no. <laughs> right. Like that hit and it was a it was a decent ball by Drew Pine, you know, and it, it hits it hits him in the numbers and it's just like and the the drop that Mayer had, the one that I think you're talking about. I think yeah. he got his hands fucked up. Like he didn't know, like to go, like he didn't do the thumbs. Or... He
1: did pinkies. Yeah, he, he was doing pinkies, not thumbs.
0: Yeah, and and I think like so he got caught in that weird awkward piece, you know. So so he's yep. he is still human, you know. Um, he is, but... despite the fact that he manages to do one handed grabs while being pass interfered around a defender for uh UNLV so I uh, you know my wife just is she, the doc's on the on the couch you know we got the baby running around and he, he took the heck yeah the you know those like plastic containers that like like lettuce comes in you know not the yep. not the loose stuff but like the whole head goes in he had right. he was running around the house with that as a hat today so we just, <laughs> you just let it go um but hey he's happy it's fine you know <laughs> um it's it's clean you know it's all been washed but yeah kind of like how kind of like how drew pine was today (laughs) yeah well and and for a second you know drew pine you know he gets they there was a targeting penalty that didn't call because why didn't they call i don't know because the the world hates us and the um and so i got kind of excited like 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 twitter fingers were ready you know like oh man you know and jelly's coming in you know which isn't Oh like cool, why did they... but but it's like but then like i think he was in for like a rushing play and then that was it so it was it was no, that, no, no. it was for the, was uh, the the rushing touchdown to uh, Evans where he just grabs it and just kind of runs it in
1: <laughs> that was the one thing i wanted to talk to you about was when angelli went in there it was run it was run it was run it was run it was working and then they put back in pine and we did not score. Yeah. I was like, dude, why did you not just keep Angeli in there for another score? Like we that was the one that we missed. Like yeah I don't know that I don't understand it.
0: Yeah, it's uh man, there's all sorts of things. Well uh Wookie, we got a bunch of other people here. We'll give you another minute here, uh kind of wrap up your thoughts, your closing thoughts here. What uh anything we should take away, just take the victory or anything else you want to touch on with this, this victory in South Bend tonight.
1: It was a big victory tonight in South Bend. And, um, there are greater things to come. Just remember growing pains, growing pains.
0: All right. Thank you. Wookie at Wookie with two E's for C Elliot on the Twitter. Thank you for joining the fighting Irish faithful show tonight uh yeah he uh he has some good points there especially about uh rushing and uh i don't usually keep track well let me put it this way i stopped keeping track of time of possession just because from a statistical standpoint it i did not see it to be significant regarding what national champions do and what feeds their success so i kind of stopped tracking it but tonight um and kind of this season notre dame's bag has been to. uh dominate the time of possession you know tonight 33 minutes 58 seconds so basically 34 minutes so um pretty pretty successful there um we've invited the hockey man to join us live from the wild and wonderful north carolina
2: hey guys how you doing
0: hockey dude 84 87 welcome back to the fighting irish faithful show Yeah, hey, it's
2: nice to talk to you guys again Hey, my, my, one of
0: my own brothers on here listening to this podcast now.
2: Huh? Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right. What do you guys think about, uh, Drew Pine now?
0: You know, I mean, he, it wasn't his worst game, you know, he did have an interception credited to him, but it was kind of a tipped blocked pass and then it was kind of picked off. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that kind of stuff happens, you know, maybe he was staring down the receiver. So, you know, he's, to blame for that kind of behavior uh but you know nothing too sexy you know 14 of 28 for um you know 50 percent, but 205 yards and and two touchdown passes i mean i guess technically we're we're gonna we're gonna call the uh <laughs> the lindsey touchdown a pass but really the he had a couple of good balls to mayor and um i think you know some of his receivers had some sad drops so that's not good but um yeah jaden thomas had a good grab and and a few other things so i mean my 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 feelings are very tempered with this team and then i'll and then i'll throw it back to you like like my expectations i don't want to say they're low with notre dame football but like i am not putting drew pine in a stratosphere of like elite quarterbacks like he's not even at the you know, Ian Book levels of of success, you know, and so he's very far from the Jimmy Clausens and you know stuff like that. So, so my my expectations for him are realistic. I don't want to say they're low because I want us to win, but but I'm also not gonna be like, ah, yeah, you know, he's gonna make a Heisman run. Like that's not happening.
2: You gotta say they're low, right? I mean, you can't you can't tell me with all those plays where he overthrows or throws like. He's the guy, right? You can't tell me that.
0: Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. No doubt. You know, and we we kind of said that at the beginning of the season. And for us, anyone who is at the spring game and, and our spring game commentary, you know, watching him, it was nothing that was impressing us. So, again, that's why I, I'm like, I'm not going to like, look, he's our starting starting quarterback, you know, so like, yes, we can be critical and, and want him to do better. but. I think that if we continue to say that, we're just going to be broken records. And yes, we can keep pointing it out, you know, but okay, (laughs) like there it is, you know.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I kind of feel the same way about the uh, wide receivers where we're we're low on numbers, right? At at some point, you got to look at it and be like, okay, how do we not play other guys? You know, I was in jelly not getting time. I'm just, you know. Very weather or cold we get more time it's because we're, we don't have anybody else. You got to do it. You got to do something else, right?
0: Well, but I would also, you know, and, and you're not wrong at all when you when you say that. Um, but one thing that has become very evident with this football team, and maybe maybe this is the coaches uh, knowing what is, you know, you know, what's in the cupboard here. Uh, tonight, again, we just dominate in rushing and we rush the ball 62% of the time in all of our play calling. Um, it's one of the highest it's been all season I, In it's the second highest. The, the most highest was actually the Cal game, uh, Pines first first game as a starter. So, um, you know, and and so, you know, what does that mean? You know, like like me personally, like I have no pr- zero problems at the end of the game where you know, Logan Diggs is in there and he's constantly being fed the ball and we're getting, you know, four, five, six yard chunk rushing plays. I have zero problem with that because it keeps the clock moving, it keeps the chains moving. It's a risk averse uh form of play calling. It's not sexy and, and it's not very exciting. You know, people are like, you know, not, you know, woo, you know, jumping up out of their seat, you know, from you know just boring, you know, play calling like that. But it's kind of like, you know, like if you go to the casino and you're playing blackjack, you know, you know, you're just, you know, playing in the hands and, and it, it, blackjack is, you know, the highest odds game in the casino. And so if you're getting good rushing yards and you're doing it you're, like you're going to slowly build up your chips and, you know, eventually you hit a hit a blackjack or you hit a big one, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're not talking about that, though. We're, we're, we're talking about just getting better, seeing improvement, you know, progression. You know, I don't. I don't think we're seeing that though, because we're what we're seeing right now is just, the offense is just, yeah, you know, run Michael Mayer, run Michael Mayer. You know, yeah. When we play a better teams, you know like UNLV this game, like they're not a good team, right? We all no. know they're not a good team. So when we play a better team, no matter where we play them, it doesn't matter if it's at Notre Dame, South Bend, or it doesn't matter if they're, you know. It doesn't matter if they're in South Carolina or New York or whatever. It's like you have to be better.
0: You got to be better. Yeah. I'm with you there.
2: Yeah. And especially with yeah. we're going
0: to get to some uh, some uh, challenging opponents coming up. You know, Syracuse lost tonight. They fell to Clemson. And we play both of those teams back to back at Syracuse next week in the Carrier Dome or whatever they call it now. Up in uh, upstate New York and then uh, back home for that Clemson game um, after Halloween and All Saints Day. So, um, yeah, you know, um, it is that time of the year for the for the real, real tough part of the schedule. Then we get a little break with Navy and B.C. and then out to California for the Trojans at the end. Um, And what's really shocking is like I feel like we just blinked and now we've played seven games already. And it's like, wow, you know. (laughs) But two get, two wins away from being bull eligible, so. Yeah. I mean,
2: uh, what I consider all the same days so be Halloween. So you guys are, uh, Catholic.
0: You're like fading away. Like, like you're, f- like the phone is drifting away from you. Can you hear me now? Uh, a little better. I'll turn your mic up a bit. Hear you. you hear me? I hear you I hear you Shout. Nice. nice. Yeah, like uh, we're uh. Talk about all of things today. It's Too bad it's
2: actually uh yeah like half the a thing, right? So it's <laughs> on Halloween, but. So, hey, how's
0: it going? Well, I'm I'm happy that that Notre Dame um is um, not playing on Halloween night because then I can take the little one trick or treating, uh, which is good. And then, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, so, so are are you happy with the win or, or are you just like, you got this, like, you're just shaking your head like, oh, we should have killed them and scored, you know, 50, 60 points.
2: I'm happy
0: with the win. I just, I just wanted to see more progression. Yeah. Yeah. Well, f- since, th- since we lost to, you know, a really poor Stanford team last week. Um, it would be, to me, the the market mark of improvement and uh, ability to rise, you know, up the ladder, show improvement is to come out with a win, not have another letdown. And I know that's that's kind of shitty to say because UNLV is not a good team. Like I'm with you right there, but simultaneously, um, you know, this is this is where we are as a football team. You know, we are now four and three. Against a team that's four and four.
2: Right. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, trying to trying to figure out how things Dave. Maybe I need to text you about this.
0: <laughs> What's well, a holy day about three losses? <laughs> It's a holy day of obligation, so go to mass is, is what I'm going to say. So. <laughs> well,
2: you guys are uh, Catholic, so it's a little different day because you guys changed it.
0: Yeah, well, here we can have an offline discussion about Catholicism, and and uh, uh, as Jennifer Fulweiler said, that uh, the Catholic world takeover is going to happen. She's a, she's a comedian, so you know it's kind of a funny way to say that. Um, Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, who is it? Shia Buff is, you know, doing it. He was acting and he's doing a, a movie about Padre Pio. And while in character and, and learning more about just Catholicism in general to research his character, he's like, yeah, and now he's now he's Catholic. So it's like, OK, that's cool. So hey. stick to Transformers, kid.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Why stop there? You know, Indiana Jones. So, OK. Alright, well, uh, Hockey Man, anything else you want to say? Uh, or we're going to move on?
2: No, I don't want to talk about hockey right now. So we move on. <laughs> Alright.
0: <Move> <laughs> At dude 8487 on the Twitter, thank you for joining us. Go Irish. Go Irish. Alright, well, we're going to try to jump over to someone new here. If they uh, would like to speak, we're inviting them to speak at Ivan's S. whore, I'm probably messing that up. Ivan the Terrible. Uh, you've been invited to speak on the Fighting Irish Faithful Show if you so wish. Um, Ivan's, uh, vet, vet whore. I don't... You might have to jump on here and, and tell me what, what the significance of that is. Or if you just want to listen, that's cool, too. Um... We talked about time of possession. We talked about Mayer's one-handed grab. Um, we should talk about the special teams and two blocked punts, um, which really helped Notre Dame have a good uh, field position to start the game. And so, so that's really, really good there. Um, Ivan, you there? Hit the pink button on the on the lower left-hand corner to unmute your microphone.
3: All right, thank you. I'm I'm extremely new to this. Oh, that's my okay. Younger brother, my younger brother reeled me in. Apparently,
0: nice, nice. Well, welcome to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. Well, thank you. Are Are you happy with this win, um, or are you are you tempered and just you're just like, well, we we trudge through it. We want more. To what are your thoughts?
3: Um, I'm a little tempered. You know, just the simple fact of you know, if you just look at the rosters, you know, between Notre Dame, UNLV, same thing for Stanford and, you know, Marshall and even Cal, I mean, even if you have subpar quarterback play, you know, Notre Dame should dominate those games, um, you know, and it's it's frustrating to me. I just feel like the players are coming ill-prepared to play, um, you know, some A lot of the big time players aren't really showing up on all the uh, during all the games. Right. And it's it's frustrating on that end. Um, You know, what scares me to death is, you know, thinking back and, you know, talking to some people about. You know, last year, you know, what did you know, if we didn't get that transfer, Jake Cohn in the Notre Dame, I mean, we might have been a six and 16 last year.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's a really valid point, you know, because Jack Cohn, I think, brought a lot of experience, um, and, you know, he had ice in his veins, and he certainly was able to, um, I think, be a calming presence out there, but also a, a quiet leader in the same way. And though I was kind of like, get him out, um, there are at some point I came to the realization that last year's football team needed Jack Cohn and Tyler Buckner together. Um, So clearly he's gone and he's not in the NFL and you know, that that shouldn't really surprise too many people. Um, But yeah, you know, here we are now with Drew Pine who was the third string quarterback last year and now he's the starter. And um, yeah, I, I, I think the concern that people have about receivers and quarterback at notre dame and for me it's a lot of it goes back to just what are the what the good team's doing and they're chucking it deep they're being very effective throwing the football and they are able to just move the chains and you know they're putting up 300 plus yards through the air and notre dame only had 205 tonight
3: yeah, I, I agree with that. I, you know, I feel like we have an issue with, you know, trying to establish the identity on offense. I think Tommy Reese has done a really mediocre job with that, and and what I mean by that is you you know who Drew Pine is, but I, I don't think he's, you know, putting up an offensive game plan that works to his weaknesses. Um, you know, and the other issue I have with Pine is just that he gets so locked in to, 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 Michael Meyer that it's just, it's frustrating that he just won't, you know, won't go anywhere else. And that's been numerous games in a row where this receivers are open. So I don't know how you break pine of that. Yeah. Because, it, you know, I look at Sarah, I watched the Syracuse Clemson game today. I mean, their quarterbacks going to give our defense a lot to deal with.
0: I agree. And
3: their and their defense, surprisingly, you know, I think they, you know, I think their average defense alignment on the Syracuse uh, is like two hundred and fifty five pounds, but okay. they gave it. They gave Clemson everything they they could inside, um, to the point where Syracuse, you know, won that first half against Clemson, and I, yeah. you know, turned it off. Turned it off to watch the Notre Dame game, but I, I just. You know, next week's going to be tough, and you know, the Syracuse' uh, defensive backfield—they were dialed in today. And I mean, I don't know what's going to happen if they shut down my Mayor. I mean, if I'm a defensive coordinator, all I'm doing is stopping the run and stop, and just going to just blanket Mayor and and just okay, what are you going to do now? And uh, we're going to be in trouble just because of some of the, you know, shortcomings of um, Drew Pine. is is the issue you know
0: sure well and when you're going up against you know a six and one team and an eight and no team you know two weeks in a row you know arguably the two best teams in the acc um and let's and if we you know we don't have to go into all the details of the syracuse clemson game um but a real high level you know uh you know real tight game in the first quarter and then second quarter syracuse pulls ahead but um, Clemson turns it around the second half blank blanks Syracuse with no points. And Clemson comes back to score 17 points in the fourth quarter, um, to, to secure the victory at home. So, um, you know, it's good, good opportunity for them to, to keep their unbeaten, um, you know, streak alive this season. Um, so, so good, good on you if you're, uh, if you're Clemson, um, and it, it makes, you know, Notre Dame fans a little more queasy uh, for the next two yeah. weeks, you know, and, and, and we don't I have got... to get too much into that, but I mean, it is on yeah. the horizon and, you know, w- w- let's face it. we, Other than the uh, Ohio state game, all the other teams Notre Dame has played this season are weak and inferior. And now we're going to play the next two best teams on our schedule.
3: Mm-hmm. But, and you know what, and
0: we what, should what, be concerned.
3: <coughs> yeah, well, you know, the one thing we maybe we have going for us, and maybe we have going for Drew Pine, is it's away. I mean, he just he's terrible. He's been he's just shown he's terrible at home this year. I don't know if it's a a pressure thing. You know, um, you know, I think about in the second half when he just missed a wide open Tyree for a touchdown, and then he the next play he had that deflection. I mean, that would have been a thirty-seven seven ball game that would have changed the whole second half yeah um, and you know that's you know you, you just can't miss those throws I mean that wasn't even like thread the needle make a you know five star quarterback you know pass and um, but like I said maybe with playing in Syracuse he's away from home and maybe it's a pressure thing I don't, I don't know what's going on with him but he just at home he just he just can't dial it in he's not locked in for some reason but yeah you know in, in Vegas he played well and then against the Tar Heels he yeah. played well a lot better you know maybe he's just more relaxed
0: that's an interesting so. point you bring up because and we this is not a new topic about Notre Dame not playing well at home or, or seem to be a little more in a dogfight. you know our two crappy losses are at home they're not away um, you know we seem to I don't know, be able to focus and lock in on the road better than we are at home. And I don't understand, like, is it is it Notre Dame's, you know, weak stadium environment? Is it like there's too much expectation because we're at home? Um, th- there's some piece of the puzzle missing where we should be blowing out these teams. You know, the the, the games we've played at home, this is now our fourth. Um, yeah, gosh, we should just be killing these teams and, and we don't do it um yeah and and, like this was a decent victory don't get me wrong um not our highest scoring total um but it should be when you're at home you should dominate the opponent you should put up the most number of points you should be more relaxed more locked in and Notre Dame doesn't do that and um I I really don't know why because I don't know what goes on in the program or the psyche of our players um you know, home versus away.
3: Yeah, it's an it's an interesting discussion to have. I mean, obviously not being, you know, inside the program and, and on the campus and at practices it's hard to tell. But you know, but definitely for Drew Pine. But you know, even today when, you know, you have a couple block field goals and you you know, you convert just a field goal, like those are the things that a lot of teams that just have that true desire to win, they they would convert on that. And that that's what we don't see this year with this team. Yeah, You know, I think, you know, and I think about the defense and, you know, they're, um, you know, every, every game they're giving up a few big plays, but at the end of the day, like if you look at the the stats, I mean, they, they've held most teams under their score, like eight points or more under their scoring total, their scoring average. Yes, that is correct.
0: Yeah. Notre Dame's scoring defense has been very good, you know, like UNLV, for example, um, or excuse me, their their scoring offense, I'm sorry, you know, they average 29 points a game, they're held to 21. You know, Stanford, you know, their scoring offense, again, 29, you know, 16. Granted, we only scored 14. Um, BYU was held to 20 points. Um, Their average scoring was 34. So I do think that the Al Golden defense... Though, you know, head scratching with big chunk plays or you have linebackers out of position and guys, you know, just not wrapping up a quarterback when there's literally four guys around him and if you're the UNLV quarterback, you know, you can kind of you know, like is he covered in grease and we can't can't pull him down? Well, he,
3: he just seemed like he was just waiting to get hit and just kept on stumbling forward on that fourth down. I, I, I Harrison
0: I, Bailey high high stepping into the end zone. Well, not exactly, but yeah, he gets a rushing touchdown after you know, um, you know, getting a, a key f- uh, fourth and two, um, and gosh, that that was probably the most frustrating piece for me. It's like oh, we clearly got him, and then it's like oh no we don't and it's like i don't know if it's just guys are not breaking down before they make the tackle um you know who knows yeah, that was
3: well. that i watched that again that was bertrand i mean the, the defense alignment didn't have i mean they had him, but then bertrand came in and he just whiffed on it like he looked like yeah he, he, the most he didn't settle he down yeah, he was like looked like the most unathletic linebacker of ever. And on that play, but. which is surprising but,
0: because he's our he's our leading defensive player as far as tackles. He has more tackles than anyone else. You know, coming into this game, he led the team with um, thirty six tackles. All right, and tonight he leads the team again, and he has seven total tackles. So and 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 five solos. So. I mean, he he's in the position to make tackles, so I don't want to say he sucks. Which someone on Twitter, I was given their their ass, you know, a hard time saying that J.D. Bertrand sucks. I think that's that's, I was offended basically reading that, and it's like. Get off his nuts, man! Like, like, if if he's not breaking down or he's not in the right position, that's not necessarily his fault. Okay, like, yes, like when you're in the backfield and you're 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 there's blood in the water and you're a shark, you know, you got to sick it. So break down, have good technique, and and wrap up. Okay, that is on you. But some of these times when it's blitzes or there's just no one in the neighborhood, that that is not. On JD Bertrand, you know that's on our our linebacking, uh, you know, coaching.
3: Yeah, well, I think the linebacking group as a, We don't. They rarely make impact plays. So, I mean, tr- traditionally, your linebackers are going to make. You're going to have your linebackers make most of the tackles, unless they're just, you know, terrible. But, but we, we just don't have the guys, you know, on that second line of defense. Just aren't making impact plays like that we've seen in the past. And so, and sometimes you don't, you don't need that from everybody. You need to be, you know, some of your linebackers just have to be, you know, uh, consistent, you know, where the run field is, things like that. But they, they can't get off blocks. They're not, you know, they're, they're just not very, but Bertrand, God bless him, but he's just not a long, fast, athletic linebacker. Like, and when I say that, I mean like your top level, um linebackers and it's it, you know that's it's frustrating because but the what you said the chunk plays i mean i included in those chunk plays this year like against byu when it was third and 17 when byu was on the ropes they're on like their eight yard line and we let them run for you know to get the first down that kind of started that byu surge in the second half when that game was completely under control but then the, the, the chunk plays as defined, like, you know, against North Carolina, like, if they could just, I mean, how impactful would that defense be if they could just stop those, like, the two long runs today? If they yes. don't give up their two long runs, yes. I mean, they might not even score any points. So I, I don't know what it what the breakdown is, but it just seems like they have this, you know, mental thing on a couple plays, and it's just like, I don't know if it's an Al Golden thing or, or what happens, I can't, you know, diagnose that. I'm not that, you know, I'm not a coach, but it's just like, man, what, what's going on with those those chunk plays? And it's just sometimes yeah, it changes. The chunk the plays
0: are, are really bothering us, you know. I mean, granted, our yards per point was better than them, which is which is a good thing, um, you know, but their, their rushing attempts per touchdown was significantly better than Notre Dame. Um, for a team that only ran the ball 46% tonight, As far as like play calling selection, Um, they passed more than they ran. But on their runs, they were extremely effective. Um, You know, 9.3 rushing attempts per touchdown, and they had three. Mm -hmm. So now Notre Dame also had three, but we had 47 rushes. So which is interesting because Notre Dame, their rushing attempts per touchdown was 15.7 but that is better than national champion average of 16. So, so I, I'm not going to complain too much about it, but if we jump over to passing, which has kind of been the, the thread, you know, that everyone is pulling on the sock here and to unravel things, um, our passing needs to be more efficient, you know, okay. It's really technically on the box score. It's two passing touchdowns, but really it's one. Um, so, so we need more passing, uh, receptions passing touchdowns um, from our quarterback and receiver room and you know it's just not happening
3: yeah well it'll be it'll be an interesting journey when the offseason comes because they're going to have to get somebody out of the transfer portal just to you know I mean I'm a big Tyler Buckner supporter and I was hoping he'd get a lot of reps this year obviously and he just hasn't played much football in the lab. I mean, even through high school. It's yeah. Just
0: with the injury and with COVID mixed in there terrible. and then, yep. you know, cone and, and some of these other things. And now his injury now, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of hope we have for him um, and he comes back healthy and, and pine, you know, like, I really think this is the opportunity for pine to really, you know, leave no doubt that he should be the starter next year based off of the volume of experience he's getting and if he if this is his ceiling, um, you know the coaches have a have a tough decision in the in the off here about where to go from this, because um, my my expectation for Tommy Reese to develop him into a better quarterback uh, those expectations are low, and that's not a slight at Tommy Reese. That's just based on evidence and ob- observing the quarterbacks he's been coaching none of them saw significant improvement in their passing output as time went on in their career at Notre Dame so
3: yeah well that's that's been frustrating on my end with the quarterback recruiting it's just been so i mean you know i look at Notre Dame as a team that has to have somewhat of an elite quarterback to take it to the next level when i say that i mean like win a playoff game you know cuz ian book got him there but they just weren't good enough around Ian Book, and he's not a national champion. He was not a national championship caliber quarterback. But when you look at, like, Georgia, you know, with Stetson Bennett, I don't think, you know, he's had a better year this year, but it's just the talent that's around him that was able to carry that team to what they did last year. And, you know, we, and I don't think Notre Dame has that talent across the roster right now. So Correct. unless you have a only quarterback, you're just you're kind of you're, your ceiling's a lot lower than some of the other teams. Versus, yeah. you know, and I know Phil Dracovic and all that. I don't know what kind of mess they got into when he transferred, but I'm not saying he was the answer. But that was the one guy they recruited that had a had a lot of potential just from the you know the recruiting rankings. But that obviously didn't pan out, and you know he's at Boston College, so
0: yeah. And that that's kind of the 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 real crazy talk is. What if he had stayed at Notre Dame?
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he definitely would have played last crazy. year. Yeah, I, think so been first,
0: yeah, I think so too.
4: I think so too.
3: I just, it, it's just, it amazes me that Notre Dame can't get those elite quarterbacks. It just, I, I don't know what the issue is. I know, you know, Maybe it was a Brian Kelly thing, Tommy. I don't know, but it's just it's just surprising that you did, they just can't recruit those big-time quarterbacks. I know yeah. we have.
0: I think it's a combination of, of recruiting or failures in recruiting by yeah. by Kelly and um, just, I mean, who knows with, with NIL how that's going to go forward from here for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, ever since, you know, Deshaun Kaiser left, basically, that was kind of the last, like, real, like, you know, nfl caliber like superstar kind of guy and surprisingly kaiser you know had had a really poor win percentage after that four and eight stink fest of of 2016 so Mm -hmm. well sir i really appreciate you jumping on at ivan's vet
3: yeah that is that is my last name so
0: okay (laughs) uh thank you so much for joining the fighting irish faithful show
3: you're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, and go Irish. All right. Well, thank you, sir, for joining us. And yeah, we've uh, we've invited Justin Case to jump. You were you were on, then you were off. Now you're back. So, Justin, you've been invited to speak and join us tonight, if you so wish. Um, Ivan brought up something interesting regarding uh, receivers, and I didn't make note of this prior to. Um, but Justin, do you know how many? receivers actually caught passes tonight
5: um one
0: <laughs> it's not that bad um
5: well so i'm trying to so uh, lindsey had the ball on a reverse i know coles are uh oh two the it two
0: it's four so thomas right. thomas is in there of course Mayor with his his super catches Thomas, Lindsey, and Styles. Styles oh, had two, ca- Thomas had two, Lindsay four, and Mayer six.
5: Oh, I didn't even count Mayer because he's not well, he's a receiver, but I always count him as a tight end. I sort of exclude him because I feel like he's just so money. He's so ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, and he's he's, you know, kinda like, you know, you got to feature your best player, right? And he clearly is. Um, you know, and it's kind of like crazy, you know, think about how good Mayer would be with, you know, a better quarterback, you know, and stuff like that. Um, now, I will say this. Um, now, Grant, it's UNLV. They don't have the greatest, you know, defensive front. Um, or players or talent what have you you know it's not like we're playing michigan's defensive line for example right but pine had all day in the back of the pocket and it's kind of like he's like rolling out to the flat and it's like man just calm down you realize you don't realize how much time you still have to to allow a guy to find open grass well i guess it's turf but open turf in in the uh you know, in this game, you know, he's kind of like frantic and, you know, sometimes he ran out of bounds, which was the right thing to do. Um, but yeah, it's like, man, he credit to our O line. They, they I think are going to be the toast of the night because I have not seen them put up as much of, you know, walls around pine like they did tonight.
5: Yeah. I thought it was funny that I agree with you. The, pass blocking was so good, but they still chose to move the pocket a few times. Where was that in the previous games?
0: That's a good, good question. And, you know, maybe it's one of those things with, with new, you know, with Stan coming back and, and having him to, you know, you know, just, just filter out the diarrhea that was in people's brains for how to do proper pass protection. Um, you know, I don't know, or finding the right combination of guys, you know, out there on the field. Who knows? But what I will say is this is is I'm happy if if there is an area on the field that we're seeing development, we're seeing improvement. It is the O-line. Go back to the Marshall game. You know, Buckner's running for his life back there against Marshall, and then it gets better slowly, kind of not really, but a little bit with Cal. It looks so much better against North Carolina. Granted, North Carolina has really poor defense. Um, but I think every game, um, you know, the, the O line is getting better and that's really important as we enter these next two games.
5: Yeah, I agree. They look very good. I thought Foskey was just stupid today. Oh my
0: gosh. I I was like, like, I kind of felt bad for UNLV's punter. He's like, damn it. I have to go out there again. And, and like, I don't understand how UNLV is so like like they were terrible and, and blocking up front you know foskey's not doing anything crazy he's just going running through the a gap between the long snapper and the and the guy just to his left you know and it's like 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 no one even like tries to step in front of him you know or, or get in his way you know just like i i, well, I found Mason that had had a great
5: way. scheme on that second one where he stacked it
0: yeah he stacked you know, the, on, the outside on, right
5: One side made that long snap or sort of adjust and well yeah i, th- I mean what a terrifying i mean gr- good thing good punters don't look at the rushers because that guy may have just fell or you know i probably would have just run or been screaming you know i yeah. that's a terrifying sight and you know his <laughs> he's getting better and better i mean i know that that um you know, he's not great, but he, you know, he blocked two punts today. That's crazy. Doesn't matter who you're playing. That's, that's an insane feat. You know, he had three sacks. Yeah. So, and everyone gets fat off of these, you know, off of teams like this. So, I I don't know. I thought he, they're doing better. I thought the defensive line played better as a whole. Offensive line, I thought was really good. So, I think, you know, Brian Mason deserves, you know, a raise and, you know, whatever he wants. I mean, he's done very well this year.
0: Yeah. Of, of all the hires, um, other than, you know, he Stan, um, that were brought in, um, he, Brian Mason is, is fantastic. You know, the, the special teams, the, the what I like about the special teams is like, they're playing up, like they're playing with passion and intensity. You know, they're not just out there kind of going through the motions, you know, they are actually out there, you know, and especially that, that. You know, punting team, you know, they're, they're, or punt return team, they are just out there like sniffing it out, going in for the kill, going in for the block. You know, we've got, you know, 6'5, 265 Fosky running in there, you know, probably runs a 4'8, 40 or whatever. And, like this dude's a monster, you know, from Northern California, comes from a really good high school in De La Salle. You know, this guy is, is, is gonna, gonna go on to the next level. And I couldn't be happier for him.
5: Yeah, he was he's fun to watch. I also just can't figure out you know why Batello can't get on the field more. I mean I know there's something going on, but he is constantly around the ball. He's constantly being physical. he's constantly playing hard. I don't know, man, uh, that they got to find a spot. I mean, not. I mean, I'm not even saying permanently, but just get him on the field. He's just constantly in the way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and the stats show, you know, he, he was not able to get home. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and, and Riley Mills was actually kind of surprisingly quiet uh tonight as well you know and he he was the toast of the night um you know the, i think in the previous game um a uh, question did prince Kali get that that second punt block did he get a punt to the neck I, I could have sworn when i saw the replay the ball hit him right in the neck right underneath his uh you know under his chin strap there
5: uh it could have I, it also looked like he may have got sort of whipped i mean that punter was just ragdolled and looked like he sort of came down around his, you know, his legs. But I, that punter, I just can't get over it. I felt terrible
0: for that punter. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for him, like as a human being, um, but I'm happy it was him and not our punter, right? You know, uh, their, their yeah. punter, Marshall, Marshall Nichols, um, he's going to need an ice bath or something tonight, that's for sure. He's <laughs> giving me
5: therapy. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna like wake up that. with night terrors. I and... <laughs> yeah, I mean he's gonna. No gonna have to be like sitting next to him on the plane. Like, hey, tell me about that. He's Are like you in okay?
0: the back corner of the plane, like rocking back and forth. You know, he's got <laughs> screaming. Who's got seven? Who's got seven? Yeah, number seven here. Just, just take the ball.
5: Yeah, yeah. But and then just my usual sort of spiel, man. I just and I know everyone says it, but man, Tommy Reese just. You know, even the tight end sneak, I thought was, I, you know, it was creative.
0: I like that play. I thought that was brilliant. Uh, I've, I have I've yeah, not it, seen that. Well, it's a Chiefs
5: play. I mean, they ripped it off from the Chiefs, but it's, you know, I like it. I But I just, you know, outside of that, there's just not a lot. It was of, a play like, that
0: made sense. You know, it's like you're down at the goal you know, line and, you know, you haven't. Now, here's what I will say. What I don't like about it is that it's it's. It's a little bit of a trick play, and sometimes that stuff is really, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's really effective and it works, but now it's on film for Syracuse and for Clemson, and I i personally would rather they hold that play back to against a, a big team, a big game, um, and, and hopefully, and, and what does give me hope about Reese is if he's running that kind of a play against UNLV, it is my hope he has other creative plays like that um, you know, and I'm not saying like goofy trick, tricky stuff, but, but like that was a play that made sense. You know, you're down at the goal line, you know, you just, you, you're you going to move fast. You're going to move guys in motion. Uh, it looks like your typical run play. And then all of a sudden he's under center and just takes the ball and it's great.
5: Yeah. It also could have been a show because, you know, the thing I would always think about, you know, if I was coaching as a if I see that in a game against UNLV, if I'm the defensive coordinator for Syracuse, I'm going to say, hey, I want you to find 87. If you see 88, you know, under center, you know, obviously that's your priority one to stop that run, but look for 87 or, you know, because they may be showing that to get a pop pass off or, you know, if Tommy's smart, but you're right. I mean, he, he may have other stuff going too. it just, you know, it made sense. And the other thing, you know, it, it, very good timing because Pine was out and Jelly was in, you know. you know That center exchange down at the goal line could have been terrifying, you know, with a true freshman. Instead, you give it to a right. big manly dude like Mitchell Evans and let him just bulldog his way in. So, yeah, I mean, I like that. But right. Outside of that, man, their running plays and, and their personnel, I mean, i th- I like uh Logan Diggs a lot I think Estime is the best back i know yes. he put the ball around again but you know I think he's the best back and
0: uh, well, what's you know, interesting and I feel I feel a little bad for Logan Diggs and and i I'm like you i'm 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 surprised that Diggs got you know the the workhorse he had 28 carries tonight my goodness you know um Tyree had 10 and Estime had three you know that's complete flip reverse from what it was last week you know and so i don't really know why um you know i mean and i'm happy to give it to Diggs if he's the hot hand but i feel a little bad for the guy you know he he ends up um having 130 yards but zero touchdowns so i feel kind of bad for him like that
5: well yeah and i didn't you know now i know that there was a lot of talk i mean i i don't watch the you know all 22 film anymore i don't have any access to it but You know, it seems like when Estime runs, he's just getting big holes. And I don't know, sometimes, you know, a lot of like, you know, at ASU, we used to say, or not we, but the coaches would say, you know, sometimes you get bigger holes because you see the holes. Right. Doesn't mean that that hole wasn't there. It just means it may see the holes that Estime sees, you know, but you know that, I mean, (laughs) that first touchdown. I mean, that was a giant hole. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and if you get... And, and the other thing is that hole was created about three yards off the line of scrimmage. And if you give that dude nine feet of, you know, runway, he's going to punish you. So even if there was I can someone, drive my
0: Toyota you know, through that, man. Yeah. And, if,
5: and even <laughs> if there was a safety or someone who wanted to step into that hole, you know, it's going to be, you know, estimate at full speed, you know at the three yard line. Well, I'll take that every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, an estimate with three, three touches and one of them happens to be a touchdown, you know, in the, in the beginning of the game and, um, but also another fumble for the guy. So, and, and that, that's really a bummer, you know, like we, we should be capitalizing on turnovers, especially with when you have two blocked punts, like we did back to back um in the first half. And we still leave this game minus one in the turnover department. So Notre Dame will go from uh, minus six on the season to now minus seven and continue to fall in in the stats. Um, So they were 119th last week. So we're probably in the 120s, probably one of the worst teams in college football still um, as far as turnover margin on the season. Uh, So that ain't good um so our defense is not capitalizing on turnovers and our offense has has been too careless uh with with the football
5: yeah i don't feel like we value possessions i think you're 100 right
0: which is surprising is we're running the ball and we got these crazy time of possession you know advantages you know and it's like well you gotta capitalize on turnover margin and we're not getting it done and 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 like I'm not saying that the defense isn't trying like, you know, there's many times I'm seeing like Clarence Lewis in there and he's, he's got a a shoulder on the guy and he's trying to drive him out of bounds. But at the same time, he's, he's ripping at the ball. Like he's trying to start a lawnmower, you know, that's good stuff. Sometimes I I feel like Leah Fowl, instead of wrapping up, he's just trying to like, get in there and, and rip the ball out. So it's like, no, I, I need you to, to wrap up and try to tackle him first. And then the second guy who gets in there, it's his job to, to do the rip thing. Um, who knows? So.
5: Yeah, I agree. Well, and, you know, and who knows I if this, if this defense is super complicated, that's maybe, you know, turnovers may be the last thing on these guys' minds. They just may be trying to be assignment sound and, you know, and I'm, I just feel like we're chasing a lot this year. You know, it's like where I always see you know our linebackers two steps behind as they're chasing someone out of bounds. You know, so I'm glad Callie's okay though.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm I'm glad he's in there, and and both Amiolas uh, got some got some uh, playing time today too. So um, glad that they're back, and and uh, you know, no one no one has serious injuries uh, after the Stanford game. So. Well, Justin, anything else? Otherwise, we're gonna jump over to Mark. No, oh,
5: man, big fan. You know, go, get, guys, go get your hoodies, go get your merch. That's right. All right. Yeah, the uh, the Fighting uh,
0: Irish Faithful show does have does have an Etsy store. So if you uh, if you you're doing some painting or yard work, or you actually do like the show, and uh, you would like to make a purchase, um, or you need a white elephant, Christmas is coming up uh, in less than in about two months, so. Uh, hey I'm there to help you out
5: It make a really good uh, Halloween costume or or uh, <laughs> instead of candy you can yeah, fighting
0: Irish faithful merch to the children yeah yeah, yeah. yeah we, we we have baby onesies yeah that's right <laughs> yeah, do
5: the Lord's work my friend well thank you man have a great night
0: all right my pleasure Thank you Justin <laughs> at Justin Cates on the Twitter. Thank you very much, a uh, repeated caller, a friend of the show, at Justin Cates. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, uh, Kevin jumped on and then he jumped off. I don't know if he got kicked off on the uh, on the uh, the toll road there, but we'll come back to him. Mark, I see you there. Mark it down. At Holzem35, you've been invited to speak on the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. Holzem35. If you're there, we would love to hear from you, Mark. Mark it down. The family wants to hear from you.
4: What up, family?
0: What up, family? Welcome back, sir. I'm assuming your name is Mark. (laughs) It's not Mark. Silence. Oh, Mark, we're losing you. Hello. Are you there? Yeah, there you go. Oh, You were quiet oh, for a second.
4: My... Yeah, I keep uh, losing signal. I don't know if it's my Wi-Fi or what's going on. Yeah,
0: There's got to be a special place in your house or something. But... Well, what do you think of this game? Uh, Irish come out with a victory, um, and we should be happy with that before we go into these next two games, correct?
4: Correct. But when you realize how good it could have been, that's when you start to drift into a dark place, you know?
0: Yeah, I think, I think the way the team started, you know, 23 points in the first quarter, you know, gave us a lot of upside. Like, wow, look at this team. We're killing it up, you know? And anyone who was saying like, oh yeah, we're going to cover the spread. And, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't, there's only a handful of podcasts that I listen to and, uh, um, one of them, uh, it was actually a, a, a an excerpt clip from one foot down so not to not to you know, shit on their their show. you know they've they've been doing this a lot longer than I have. but one foot down, I think it was Josh over there was saying that, you know, absolutely Notre Dame's gonna cover this and he refused to use logic and that's kind of his humorous <coughs> way of of how he rolls, which is fine um but I was like, I disagree. I don't see any evidence that will suggest that Notre Dame is going to cover the spread um, so in some weird sick way I'm glad I was right, but I really wish that I was wrong. I, I really wish Notre Dame would have covered this the, the 25 27 whatever it, it kind of jumps around. Um, when we did the show on Tuesday night the spread was 25 and we didn't hit that so we only won we only won by 23. So granted it's our it's our best margin of victory. Um, but let's face it, it's UNLV. Oh, Mark, your Wi-Fi is crapping out on you. Oh, and he's back. Yellow. Yeah, Bringing it back, oh, Mark.
4: Oh, I'm back. Sorry about that. Uh, that's
0: all right. It might be you. It might be Twitter. I think it's, uh, it's booting people left and right here.
4: No, uh, what I was going to say was, uh, it was a frustrating win, Uh, just like the other wins that we've had. But uh, if you take away the punt blocks, um, that score is not very high. So, uh, you know, you look at...
0: Considering our field position, is that what you're referring to?
4: I was just going to bring up field position, okay? We We start on one drive at the 43, their 43, field goal. We started a drive at the 14 on their side, field goal. Yeah, we started a drive at 32 on their side field goal. I, you know,
0: it's that should have been 21 I, more points, is what you're saying? Exactly. Uh,
2: yeah. And so I if I do, yeah.
0: if I do, uh, let's see, our current score of 44 plus 21, but minus the nine field goals, Notre Dame should have had at least 56 points, is what you're getting at? At least. Yeah. And then we're definitely covering the spread. Uh, yeah 35 points hooray that that and I, i think that would have been a lot more satisfactory for for the irish and um and or maybe or maybe in some weird sick way notre dame not covering the spread um does well for the team to go on the road and to potentially take it to syracuse in their house i don't know
4: yeah yeah, I think it's actually a good thing that uh, Syracuse lost that game because if they beat Clemson, you know, they're on a high at their place, whereas now they're kind of down in the dumps a little bit and we can catch them in a, in a low point, you know, and then...
0: Yeah, I think there's multiple ways you could take that. You know, I, I agree with you. I think that's that's one solid way to um, view the Syracuse game where their their confidence has been shaken, and so now do they have the mental toughness to bounce back at home Against a, let's face it, a weaker team in Notre Dame because we are. Yeah. Um, anyone who says otherwise is, wake up and listen to this show. <laughs> yeah, and if, um, and if
4: Clemson were to, if Clemson were to drop that game too, that also gives Clemson an extra week to get right before they face us. So, yes. Syrac- Syracuse losing was a a win for us.
0: Yeah, yeah, I and or or if you want to take it the other way. Syracuse right now is pissed that they lost. They gave up 17 points in the fourth quarter and they um, are now going to be motivated. Their coaches, the coaches of Syracuse are going to beat their ass in practice. um, And they are going to, um, you know, ensure that their team is motivated and ready to play the Irish next, next Saturday. So that's another another way to look at look at the coin. Now, regardless, though, the Clemson Tigers, uh, they have the week off next week. So they enter their bye week um, in preparation for Notre Dame. Yeah, but that shouldn't should surprise people. Most most teams. I think Syracuse is one of the few teams that um, does not have a a bye prior to playing Notre Dame.
4: Yeah, I don't think it's
0: going to matter much, though, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think you're wrong at all. What do so you think what did of... you all
4: think about Drew Pine? I mean, did he play? How do you grade him? I give him a C, but he misses Chris Tyree running the seam. Uh, I can understand. Oh, gosh,
0: that was a terrible pass. Even the doc was well, like, why is that ball over his head like that? He's wide open. Well,
4: here's here's my take on it. I can understand. I, I played in high school. I was a quarterback. I was a running back, but I played in high school. I can understand how you see a receiver running down the seam so wide open, gives you a jolt of adrenaline, and you. I can see how you could overthrow him.
0: Yeah, you're like, oh, being, shit, look how open Yes, he is.
4: It is a shock of how open he is. And then you get a jolt of adrenaline, and you overthrow him. I can understand that. However, this isn't Drew's first time overthrowing a wide-open receiver like that. So there's a trend here you know what I'm saying?
0: Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you there. You know, the, he needs to stay calm. Um, and, and I think he's getting calmer in the pocket and in, uh, you know, looking for receivers and, and quite frankly, I think it's irritating that, or maybe he's so conditioned to, to looking for receivers. And the only one that's really wide open is mayor consistently and so when he sees one of the other guys that he's keying in on that is wide open he's like oh hooray and somehow like you said he's get this adrenaline and so it you know he 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 doesn't execute the way he's supposed to
4: well that or if he's he's just muscle out there for anything over 15 yards uh, you know because most of his passes are around 10 yards to mayor yeah so I, he's got to figure that out. He, this is a bad trend for him.
0: I'm um, I'm with you there. Yeah, he's and he's only fifty percent um, on his completion percentage right now uh, in this game. So so that's not good either. Well, unfortunately, LSU um, is uh, beat Ole Miss. So they they upset. Um, Lane Kiffin and uh, Brian Kelly gets a victory. So we were going to do some Brian Kelly bashing here uh, with LSU uh, potentially losing to Ole Miss, but that did not happen. It looks like LSU scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. Um, So, damn it, that sucks.
4: Yep. (laughs) But uh, Ole Miss was probably, we can say, overrated. So.
0: I think so. I think that's that's very very reasonable uh with what's going on in college football, you know, they're yeah, and 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 you know, LSU quite frankly has better players. Let's let's not let's not ignore that obvious fact. Well, I'm near the end of my page here, Mark, uh, and there's not a whole lot of other people jumping on here. Uh so I guess uh it's either it's you and me to it's like a duel here, a stare down here. Um, or uh, if there's anything else you want to talk, or maybe we'll just uh, wrap this up early and we can catch the 8 o'clock games. Who knows?
4: Well, I'm... Uh, you know, we got uh, Peyton Bowen coming in town for that Clemson game. Yes. Do you, do you feel that that is a make-or-break game for him? Because he is right on the edge of leaving. It's you know, like I, we, I, don't we don't know. I... I don't know. I don't... I'm
0: right. not sure. Like Like, I will say this. Nothing helps you more in recruiting and this is not a new claim by me but nothing helps with recruiting better than just winning just win keep winning and if notre dame continues to improve or beats clemson and syracuse which would be right now seems very miraculous if we were to do that but let's say we do i think clearly the odds of of him departing, um, you know, I I, 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 that seems very unlikely. Um, but yeah, I, I, I haven't, and I haven't been reading the gossip, you know, on, on, you know, your, our favorite blogs here, but right now, currently he's our only, uh, five-star commit, um, for, per 24 seven sports. Um, and if he, he's a safety and we, we're going to need, you know, good guys in the secondary next year
4: oh he's gonna return punts for us too
0: (laughs) oh wasn't that a sick return anyone who didn't see that on twitter check it out uh peyton bowen and i think it made espn top you know 10 whatever um he uh he had a fantastic punt return um and it was absolutely fantastic
5: just
4: running people over spitting out of tackles
0: yeah well and if i if i look at who the other teams that are recruiting him that you know like like he's committed to notre dame and the other two teams that are like next in the list are oklahoma and texas a&m and Mm i mean it's not like you know you know ohio state or you know texas well alabama's on there too but but i don't i don't think you know They're
4: they're not in his top
0: they're top not three. in his top three, right? So, so you know, Texas A and M and Oklahoma are, are, you know, a little closer to home since he is from Texas. Um, but yeah, you know, if if he goes somewhere else, um, you know, who knows?
4: Well, he was at Oregon today. You know, what's I don't. It must be a, a time of change where these kids give a, a verbal commitment, but it doesn't really mean anything because they continue seeing it and talking to other teams. You know.
0: Yeah. When well, it, it looked like he recently was, was at Texas A&M visiting, you know, so, but I mean, Texas A&M isn't, isn't, you know, anything to, you know, you know, wow, you know, look at them, you know, they're, 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 I, I would say underperforming, um, despite having, you know, their, their crazy good recruiting class they brought in, you know, for the, their freshman class for this season. So, um, I mean, t- yeah. t- take it for what it is.
4: I really don't care about the wins and losses the rest of this season. What I care about is keeping that recruiting class intact. I right. mean, you keep that class, you keep that class a top five class. That's a successful season for us right yeah. now at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean Texas A&M, is three and three. <laughs> you know, I mean, yep. If we're we're if are we really concerned about them? I don't know. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. Oklahoma, you know, they're they've got the same record that Notre Dame has, you know, four and three. So, you know, the um I, I I for him, you know, I mean, look, he's gonna he's gonna end up going wherever he feels is best and right for him. You know, um clearly we would all love for Peyton Bowen to come to Notre Dame. Um if he does great, if he doesn't, you know, peace be with you. Right. You know, and, but hopefully, you know, he's got, um, you know, some, some opportunity. Um, and and I think if he's paying attention to what's happening at Notre Dame, you know, he will see that there's going to be some holes in our secondary on defense and Mm -hmm. that he can come in and probably contribute right away. That is my... Yeah, heart.
4: but don't you think all these other teams are telling them the same thing? Like, you get here, you're going to start right away. Well, I'm know? not...
0: But I'm not saying that's, like, an empty promise. What I'm saying is, like, just look at who's on the field right now. Brandon Joseph, right? After the season, he's gone. So so that's the point I'm making. Mm-hmm. So if we if we look, look at just, like... Look at Notre Dame's players today. Who's out there? Who has a potential... To who will be leaving and then then that that allows him to come in to take the starting job from some of the guys that are either on scout team or recruited last year whatever that, that's the point yeah. i'm making so what
4: would you think about Diggs today is he is he appearing as the top back or are you still sticking with us today you
0: know that's a really really good point you know Diggs. I like, and I will say this this is a good problem for Notre Dame to have. You've got multiple guys back there. You've got Estime, you have Diggs, you have Tyree. And I'm very happy to see Diggs back there killing it, taking ownership. But he was kept in and he started the game too. And I was like, why the hell is he starting and not Estime? Um, you know, but again, no touchdowns. And, and to me, that's what it's about. You know, it's like you can have all these yards and, and move the football. And, and, you know, that that helps. But at the end of the day, you must score touchdowns. And look, Estime is in there for only a handful of plays and gets a touchdown. Right. Tyree. But he has also has half putting the ball on the ground. Well, that That is a problem, too. Right. So uh, so, so I don't like that either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, so so maybe it's a it's a trust thing, you know. So you
4: yeah, flow from yeah. You know, I was a running back in high school. I don't like us not running our backs inside the ten. I just hate it. Um, I'm tr- kind of after today's performance. I'm kind of leaning towards Diggs being that number one back. He's but, got and he he's, ma- he he's put got up, finesse. Uh... He's got finesse, and he, he's also been proven today as a can be a bruiser at times. Yeah. So you've he, got a 100% finesse back in Tyree. You've got a bruiser in Estimate. And now Diggs is kind of a hybrid of the two. Yeah. So yeah. if it's up to me, I'm going with Diggs, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, this is a good problem to have. You have very capable guys. And if it just comes down to who is not going to turn the ball over or fumble it or whatever, then sure. I think that's a good way to look at it. If you're looking at who's, you know, going to be scoring the most points, estimate, you know, is, still has, uh, he has six, he moves up one point just as uh mayor. So estimate and mayor still are leading the team and total touchdowns scored. Um, they both have six now. So, um, uh, So, so, so that, that's kind of how I look at it. Other people look at it differently. I I think it really comes down to what's the plan of this team and what's the game plan going into Syracuse next week. Um, I would not be surprised based off of the, um, productivity of Diggs if he was starting, um, and he's also a little older than estimate, I believe. So, um, so there you go. Well, Mark, I really appreciate you, uh, you, you jumping on tonight, uh, Adam Dowling has joined us. Um, he can give us a debrief of his tailgate and what the traffic was like on the interstate um, as he headed home. At Holzem35 on the Twitter, mark it down. Thank you so much for joining the Fighting Irish Faithful Show, sir. Yep,
4: have a good
0: one. Have a good one, and go Irish. At Adam Dowling underscore one, you've been invited to speak, sir. Welcome back to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. Adam. Hello. Hello. Welcome home. Can Uh, you
6: hear me? Yeah? Yep. All right. I just got home. Just walked in the door.
0: Hey, that's that's kind of what you do here, right? You know, sometimes if you can't get the hands free device or the cell phone signal is inconsistent on I90, I'm I'm assuming that you take the toll road home. Um, then hey, that's what you gotta do. Welcome back though.
6: Yep. Ugh.
0: Irish got a victory. You gotta be happy with that.
6: We won. It's just it's just it's almost it's just bad football to watch. Explain. That's what I've come to realize.
0: You have the floor.
6: Yeah, it is bad football. It's just, it's just, I don't know. It's almost like I look to blame somebody for the last two weeks, and then watching the game today, I'm just like thinking, it's everybody. It's the coaches. It's the players. It's bad play calling. It's drop passes. It's missed tackles. It's just like everybody. There's never just like a solid good performance game
0: so you're, you're looking at the the cracks in the armor the holes you know you know in the armor here where like there are we still have fundamental problems as a football team especially as we enter the two two very tough opponents back to back
6: yes yes because even when we win you feel like we should win by a lot more and we never do
0: yes I, I will agree with that. You know, we just kind of did a, a little math problem here with Mark about, you know, getting, you know, having having good blocked punts and great field position and then settling for field goals.
6: Yeah. And then yeah. Freeman not not kicking a field goal again. I, I'm almost I, I was never against someone being aggressive, but our offense is so bad. I just think he has to take the points. He well, has to just start taking field goals.
0: Well, and I, I won't, I won't <laughs> disagree with you there. And, you know, at the end of the, uh, the Stanford game, I was kind of pissed at coach Freeman for going for it on fourth down early in the game and saying, look, it's going to be that kind of a slow slug it out game. Just take the field goal and move on. Um, and so I, I don't really, when it gets down to that point, you know, and, and anyone who, who's really savvy with the NFL, granted the NFL starting to do it more and more, but, you know, the, the less risk averse situation when you're down there in a position, you know, in the low forties or, or less, you know, for your kicker. Um, those are, those are good opportunities for him to kick a field goal, get you three points and move on. And you're, you're inching your way up the mountain here, especially in the first half. Um, he has to know
6: that his offense is terrible. So every point matters.
0: Well, and and based off of what he said, you know, in in press conferences and I last show, I told him he was literally effing ludicrous for believing that his offense was not a problem or problematic or was fine and hunky dory. And, you know, we can just, you know, go into the locker room and drink Gatorade and eat orange slices and the offense is just fine. I I don't think that's the case. Um, Now, maybe he's saying that in public. Um, But in private, he's he's trying to rip them a new one. But every time I see Coach Freeman on, you know, on the TV, you know, he's just kind of standing there and staring off. It's like almost like he's watching the game, not that he's actually like coaching his players or talking to them. And Grant, I'm only seeing very, very limited um, bits of of what Coach Freeman is is doing. Um, I don't know. I mean, did you happen to
6: watch the Clemson and Syracuse game? Did you watch that game at all?
0: No, I was unable to to watch any football prior to, uh, to the Notre Dame game.
6: So I heard that the, I don't know how much he played in the second half, but their freshman quarterback, Cade Klubnick, came in okay. and played. Well, that guy is a guy that we told, no, we would not take his commitment to. And I think he came in. I'm not sure how much he played in the second half, if he won the game for them or not. I'm not sure. That's why I was asking if you watch it, but I saw he came in for that DJU. Yeah, and we told that guy no.
0: Interesting. We didn't want him. Interesting.
6: Tommy Tommy Reese said no, we're good. Because I think he thought we were getting the Dante Moore from Michigan or whatever. So, mm. but I know for a fact that he wanted to come to Notre Dame, and we told him no.
0: Interesting. Interesting. And he's
6: borderline like one more bad game, and he's he's a starter for Clemson.
0: Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and DJ has kind of been inconsistent, right?
6: Yeah, so I didn't know if anyone saw the whole game if if that Club if that freshman Club Nick finished or if he just came in for a little bit. I want I was just wondering if anyone saw that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was a he's a five-star quarterback, you know. He was he's the number one quarterback, uh, you know, last uh, you know, last year, the uh, class of 2022, Cade Club out of Westlake High School in Austin, Texas. Um, you know,
6: yeah. Why do it? But we want to roll roll with Pine and Bucker. I mean, I, I don't think we're in any place to tell any five star quarterback no. We should get them, and if they want to transfer, then after a year because they're not playing, then they can transfer. Like, why would you ever? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell them you don't want them because it. I mean, there's so many like we. There's so many holes. You don't know where to start. Yeah. Well, what is well, this offense going to look out like without Michael Mayer next year?
0: That that is a very very good point, you know. Hopefully the the productivity on the ground in the rushing department um can maintain. Um I mean, again, Notre Dame uh dominates in the rushing, you know, 223 yards, uh three rushing touchdowns even though they're counting the Lindsay pass. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. basically a rush um but hey lindsey finally gets in the end zone this year so happy about that um so you know the bat signal had stayed out there his face was on a milk carton like hey we're looking for you we don't see you we think uh, you're i see missing. his
6: face on the uh pro i'm not sure if it's been there all year but was, his face was on the program you know okay and all I can think about is you say it is face on a milk carton when I saw the program.
0: <laughs> you know, do do you do you get a program for every game? Like
6: I don't know. I just saw it kind of walking so, by. Someone someone <laughs> on
0: Twitter, you know, go go back to the previous uh previous week, the Stanford game. If you got a Stanford game program, was Lindsay's face on there? Or did Notre Dame put his face on there? It's like it's like the opposite This is like Gray Sports Almanac, right? The Notre Dame program, whoever's face is on it, they're going to they're going to score a touchdown or have a decent game, right? So it's the opposite of the curse of Sports Illustrated. Like if you're on the cover of Sports Illustrated, like you're supposed to do bad, right? So um, or or Notre Dame listens to this podcast, which I know they do. They're like, oh. His face on the milk carton. Here, let's put Lindsay's face on the on the program here. So
4: I told you on Twitter that it took six games to figure out to run him on a
6: jet sweep. Him yeah. on a jet sweep.
4: Oh, that's right, call- Mark.
0: You were the one who told me that.
6: I thought the play calling was terrible too. Again, I really did. How many times did we get the ball at midfield? And that's like a perfect time to like play action, deep shot to Merriweather or something. Even though Pine did miss some throws and we dropped some balls. I just feel like it is just like zero creativity at all.
0: Well, and not seeing Merriweather in there at all is I think, um, concerning. Um, yeah, we only had four guys catch passes today. Um, no, it
6: looked like he played a lot in the first half. Actually, I thought,
0: right. But, but, but didn't, didn't get like, he was targeted once and it was kind of a, an incomplete pass, like over his head, you know, kind of in the end zone kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, n- you know, nothing here for, um, yeah, like we got the ball. You know,
6: gosh, you know, midfield, midfield, first down after short fields, like play action, try to t- take a shot or something.
0: Yeah, I got no problem with that. But I have no all problem with that. But all we ever did was
6: like inside zone run plays, right inside. Run plays. It's like, come on, like we're getting the ball at the fifty yard line over and over again.
0: Are the fans the, had- Are the fans getting antsy in the stadium, Adam? Um, or like, is this, is this the kind of football that, that Notre Dame fans do embrace? Like, like, don't get me wrong no, like running the football no, no, and, like Dame I fans, do no. personally.
6: Yeah. We, we all like running the football, but let's be honest here to win anything in college football, you have to score big in the passing game. You run the ball to win the game, but you have to look, just look at the best we've, I, I know with, with this show, you know, that. You got to score in the passing game. And you have to score a ton of points, but even, I mean, Notre Dame fans no good football. And yes, people every time there's a drop pass or a drop, or we get the ball, we end up kicking a field goal or get stopped. But it's like a moan, like oh, here we go again. Well, you I think know? I
0: think that's it. I think it's the it's the output of points, you know, and and it, uh, and. Teams that are that are scoring touchdowns, they're pretty balanced regarding passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns. Um, s- national champions, on average per game, they're throwing a passing uh, about two to three passing touchdowns a game. We're
6: we're not we're not explosive on a run game or to the pass. There's no explosive plays. I think that's the thing. Like we have to like to go down the field and score. It is just like looks so hard. Yeah. Like we have to fight for every yard.
0: Yeah, it's not fluid. It's not like smooth and silk. You know.
6: Yes, that's the good teams. It's like big play, big play. You know, big chunk run, play action, guys running wide open down the middle of the field, thirty yard. You know, we don't do that at all.
0: Well, and, and we, don't, we don't. We don't want to be. You know you know, Hawaii or, you know, some of these teams that are just relying on the big play Hail Mary, you know, I would rather be where Notre Dame is right now with this team where they are right now. Because, I mean, let's face it, we have no evidence that shows that the current roster, and I'm with you, like, you you do need a deep threat, you know, like, not having, like, a, you know, Kevin Stefferson kind of guy on this team right now is, is a problem. And everyone thought it would be Lindsey... Maybe it could be Styles, but, you know, gosh, it hit him right in the numbers. And it's like, damn it, man. Well, when it we could do be have wide open
4: receivers, we miss them. We miss yeah. wide open receivers. Well, yeah, and I and, miss and, them.
0: and you, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say, you have the receivers as one piece. You know, who's the, the deep threat? We're still looking for that, or we haven't found it yet, or we just don't have it. And then you need that elite level kind of quarterback guy that can get you there. Um, And we don't of, have that. So what do we go to? We go to the rushing game because we have lots of great running backs. I that's can probably why, like you're, three, why you're frustrated.
6: Three plays on the, uh, the right in front of us, kind of on the end that we were sitting at. I can remember... Well, the Stanford game, there was one like post play before we got stopped on that fourth down where Lindsey was wide open in the back of the end zone and Pine just threw it way over his head. Oh, yeah. That and ball then, was
0: way over his head. And yeah.
6: today, today there was a play down in the south end zone on the Notre Dame side that Lindsey was shrinking to the end zone and it was incomplete. He was open. A good quarterback hits that. He was, he was, he didn't even give him a chance to make a play on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
6: And it was in the end zone, and then there was another one where I think it was a third down, and Pine was on the far Notre Dame hash, and he had to throw it, you know, twenty yards out to the other sideline, and Styles was wide open, and he would have caught the ball on like the ten yard line, but his arm he could not get it there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, uh, it's a mystery of what of what uh, exactly is the problem, and you know, if if I want to be, I mean, look, we won the game, so I'm not going to be like upset with the with the results of the game. Um I think everyone wants more and we expect more because we are Notre Dame and we want our team to be elite. Um I'm just kind of jaded and tempering myself and just say, look, that's just not who this team is, you know.
2: No like, we're, we're, the,
0: we're the team that lost to Marshall, you know, and we're we're four and three and, you know, if if we can get one win out of these next two, I think that would actually be miraculous, you know?
6: Yeah. It just it's when you sit there at the game, it's just it's just not I mean, why we lost to Marshall, like you said. Why should I expect it's going to be good football to watch?
0: Yeah. You know, (laughs) maybe maybe (laughs) we've been hurt twice at home already this season. So, yeah, good point. Two punts.
6: Two punts. And what did that turn into? Like six. Did we score a touchdown on one? I can't remember. It was just six points or 10. I mean, we had the ball midfield almost the whole game. I mean, we should have scored. I mean, it should have been 40 something at halftime.
0: Yeah, no, I, that's, that's I, well, what I at said. the rate we were going, you know, with, uh, you know, we we could have had, I think, easily 35 points in that first quarter. Easily. Yeah. Easily.
6: Yeah. And they couldn't do anything. They couldn't block us.
0: Well, and what's really, and, and maybe, you know, your frustration, Adam, is how many points did Notre Dame have in the third quarter?
6: I think zero. None.
0: Right? Exactly. Zero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. like wow that sucks <laughs> like really like you guys were managing to put up 23 points in the first quarter seven in the second nothing in the third and then now all of a sudden fourth quarter like we're gonna get um yeah and, and that is consistent you know where I mean prior to today Notre Dame's worst quarter was the first but their second worst was the third you know, and only the twenty five percent of the time. The
6: defense, the defense try to let them back in in the second
4: half. Yeah,
0: and we almost yeah. always
6: do that in second halves too, where you give up some huge run or huge pass and let teams back in. Yeah, that's why I keep on think, saying I was like, I think we're we're just not well coached. But then the minute I think that, oh, blame the coaches, we're not well coached. Here goes somebody. Blowing an assignment, dropping a ball, missing a tackle, and I'm like, "Well, what are yeah. the?" It's everybody.
0: Some of our linebacking play, you know, like Bertrand was out of position again. Um, yes. You know the the long long run in, on UNLV's second drive, you know they they go th- three plays down the field and score, and it's like you know the first play nothing too crazy, and then the second play this huge chunk run, um, and it wasn't like a trick play or a pass or nothing. It was just a good read and a good block up front and there was like no linebacker in in the neighborhood and you know they have a fast athlete he runs double ball down the field and you know we stop him you know on the one and then then they punch it in right after that um so you know it the big plays the big chunk plays and some of the missed assignments are are frustrating um but i mean we can at least be happy we did have a win um you know now for anyone who was you know <laughs> Was at was at the game, you know. People like Kevin or Adam, or you know, some I knew some people also um, that are, you know don't really are not participants of the podcast, but we're at this game, uh, some family, etc. Um, you know, it, it's happy. I'm I'm happy with the win, and, and I'm I know you guys are too. Um, it's just like, gosh, can we just can we just kill a team? Can, can we do that? Can we just dominate? But you I mean, guys.
6: Look at BYU the last two games. How bad they've got killed! Oh man,
0: (laughs) yeah, it's making that that victory not not look as impressive. Is that what you're saying?
6: Yeah, yeah, kind of that. But I guess we got to take a win, no matter how we get it, and just kind of ride this season out and uh, see what happens in the off season because it's just going to be kind of like a 500 season. We got to accept that.
0: Yeah, and I, I kind of, you know, I was kind of thinking that may be the case. Um, I thought, um, it, you know, I, I didn't make any predictions of what Notre Dame was going to do. You know, some people were like, oh, we're going to go 10-2 and two in Freeman's first year. And I'm like, eh, I kind of took a different approach, you know, at the beginning of the season saying, well, what do good coaches do the first year they're with a program that they win the title in? And so I'm kind of leading the witness here saying that Marcus Freeman is going to win a title eventually at Notre Dame, but regardless, um, those coaches, you know, they, they averaged, you know, six to eight wins. Um, I think it's actually eight, eight wins, um, their first season with a new program where they eventually win a title, um, and a standard deviation of two. And, um, So I was kind of, and then looking at the schedule and who's up, who's down and kind of what Notre Dame can do. I thought eight wins was, was within the average. Um, but six I don't think was outside the realm of possibility either. And now that lower end of that standard deviation is looking a lot more probable at this point, you know, and that's not to be negative. That's just, that's just kind of math and look, where's our football team? Where should it be? And, um, it's it just embrace it you know but yeah. at least you guys were well, not it's... uh you did you guys didn't have to watch the game on peacock tonight like the rest of us so <laughs>
6: <laughs> was it bad
4: there you is know a, 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 it, there is a chart
0: <laughs> the chart oh yeah that that will so so i haven't i i put up on twitter at faithful underscore irish i think that's the first time i'm plugging my twitter account we plugged the etsy store before i plugged my own twitter account um we uh nbc like the zora whatever her face is the the sideline gal she was like got a literally had a whiteboard and she's like drawing this funky graph about like you know the path to success is not a straight line there's going to be peaks and valleys and so she draws this like weird looking thing and I'm like, what the hell is this? And so I, I snapped a picture and and put it on Twitter. And so,
6: oh, is that what that was? What I see it. I was like, what is that even about? It,
0: it's some 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 crazy metaphor, you know. <laughs> it's, it's something about the the road to success is is rocky and has has peaks and valleys, something to that effect. So, okay. I mean, I I kind of get it, but just like like I knew that taking that photo out of context would 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 totally like people would be like, what is that? And then other people who are watching the game and saw that are like, what are they doing? <laughs> no. The doc, um, the doc patron- is like NBC do better.
6: <laughs> well, at, least, at least I was at the game. We didn't have to see that. I will say this about the crowd. There was a ton of empty seats, but the crowd was, especially in the first half was way more into it. And it was loud way way better than the stanford game
0: well that's good that's good so
6: i don't know if it's just a lot of new people were there because people were giving away their tickets and yeah it, but it, you know it was a lot of it, the crowd was a lot better i it was, it was way louder with less people that's
0: okay that's okay that's not
6: a good it's not a good thing no but, that's not a good thing <laughs>
0: i mean but maybe there's something to say you know where it's like hey you know the you know and, and it's a it's a it's a less expensive game than, you know, it's the Stanford night game, right? Um, so Notre Dame's not... So maybe there's a relationship between the price of the tickets um, with the, uh, the clientele, per se, and the fan base. You know, you get a little more rowdy people who maybe don't have, you know you know, cigar and brandy meetings, you know, with their stockbroker kind of people. And, and if anyone's a stockbroker, that's totally cool, you know, respect. But m- my point is, like, you know, these are just, you know, kind of more that just, you know, rough around the edges fan who's just passionate and happy to be there. Um, and, you know, it's expensive and it's a commitment of time and effort and money and dollars and you got to deal with crowds and traffic and all this other stuff. And sometimes that, you know, is not appealing to people. Uh, And or just people can only afford to go to one game because they're busy and they're working hard. And um, and so it's like, hey, you know, it's it's kind of the middle of the fall. Campus will be pretty. Um, There's a risk of it being cold. But I mean, the weather looked gorgeous up there. Um, So that's nice. Um, But yeah you know, and and furthermore, the Stanford game. And this is not an excuse, but kind of just, you know, if, if you were tailgating all day. You know, and you were pounding beers and brats and and whatnot. You're probably a little tired by the time 730 rolled around. And then and then with the performance of the team, you know, in the first quarter, you know, it's just like, oh, here we go again. You know?
6: Yeah, that's really how it was for that game, too. Yeah. Like the first drive, we were like, oh, no, that's going to be one of those kind of days.
0: Yes. Yes. But. Well, I'm happy that you got to you got to win. Uh, under your belt again Adam uh so are you going out to the Syracuse game
6: No no, no it, We didn't think Syracuse was a you know a real uh, great uh vacation destination it's so not I think we're Yeah so we figured we'd just stay home
0: With all the foliage and the Adirondack mountains and all that no
6: <laughs> It's a, it is a dome though That could be a positive It is the dome
0: Yeah see <laughs> the weather's always you know 68 <laughs> degrees in in the dome so no well, Syracuse, but so you'll like, have we'll to see. watch it on ESPN or Fox or whatever it is. You know, I think it's going to be ESPN. Um, yeah, so you'll have to watch that with us. So, so you are spared, Peacock. Okay, good. That sounds that sounds great. <laughs> but
6: I'll get off here and let you move on. But uh, definitely, it's just going to be a, you know, it's a rough season. We're not a good football team, and we just got to kind of hope we see some improvement for next year. That's all.
0: I think so. I think I think little by little, step by step, and if we're keying in on our strengths, and I think rushing is a strength. It's certainly other than Mayer, uh, the running back crew has the potential, and with a offensive line that's getting better every week, um, except for last week. But in general, they're looking pretty good, and they look decent today. Um, I think that's a good thing uh, going forward. So thank you, Adam, at Adam underscore Dowling one on the Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us today, tonight. Well, we jumped over to Kevin at Davis0560 on the Twitter. Kevin Davis, if you wish to join us, it looks like you are safely arrived home after uh, your time at the game today in South Bend. So if you want to join us, Kevin, by all means, uh, please jump on and you might uh, shut us down for the night.
7: Hello. hello hello welcome home thank you appreciate it yeah not too bad of a guy, but it's cool
0: toll road wasn't too bad on the way back uh back to chicago area
7: it sucked because my ipad wasn't working like I don't, I don't know what was going on so i had to pay using my car for every freaking toll.
0: oh that's a bummer
7: it was annoying oh uh, but the game um I was one of those fans that was sitting there, like energized, trying to energize the crowd. As you guys know, I'm a coach, so I and I was sitting there analyzing everything, and I came to two things, a, a couple things concerning both sides of the ball. Offensively, I don't think it's the play calling. I think it's the players. Um, there was times where. Drew Pine will go. He will look at Michael Mayer the entire the entire game. We looked at Michael Mayer the entire game, right? And I get why he did it. He's the one that's catching the ball. But as a defense, if you know that he's going to look for Michael Mayer, all you gotta do is bracket him and, and and cover him and 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 just like take him out of the game, right? Which they really didn't. But the play where right. Michael Mayer caught the ball in the end zone, but they overturned it and said he didn't he, he didn't have control, which was bullcrap. Um.
0: The, the the replay, I don't know what they showed replay wise in the stadium, but on, on the TV on, on Peacock, it was very evident that he was bobbling it um and the ground helped secure the catch.
7: Oh, it, it didn't it didn't look like that from the monitors and say okay. that.
0: But okay. but if
7: you watch that play, uh Diggs was wide open in the end zone. Like okay. he was wide open, like in and, and Pine never looked that way. He hmm. never I mean, when I say Diggs was wide open, there was not a defender around Diggs. But he looked at Mare the entire time. And and he just he wants to he wants to go to Mayor because he's comfortable. So he's because he's comfortable with Mare. I mean, that's somebody he's close to and comfortable. And if you can, if you're going to do that the entire time, it makes it easier on the defense. So I think that's why. Later in the game, you saw them going more to their ground game, right? They started pounding the ball. Yes. Because that, that, it's like he, and then that targeting call, I think that roughed him up a little bit too. Like, I mean, they didn't call it, but he was definitely, that was definitely targeting. Oh, yeah. Him. Yeah. He was definitely uh, shaken
0: up on that. You know, he was I'm slow to so. get up, kind of. And then, and then one of his players comes up and smacks him upside the head. It's like, what are you doing? He just got yeah. drilled in the head. Don't smack him in the head too, you know?
7: <laughs> and it was clear target and you could tell they weren't comfortable with N jelly in there because they didn't, they didn't try to do anything when he was in there. So oh, um, right. it's like, like just car- stand
0: there and, and then yeah. the tight end will take the snap. Not you. <laughs> so That's how confident I, I think, we are in in Yeah.
7: I think if pine was able, and it also has to do with other receivers, right? They have to catch the freaking ball. You got to catch the oh, ball. Man.
0: The one that hit like, styles in the number. I'm just like, what are you doing, man?
7: I, it, it, so, so you get why he goes to mayor because if those guys can't catch the ball, but that makes the whole offense bad because now they say, Oh, he can't catch the ball. He's going to go to mayor. We can defend this. Like, it's easier to defend. And they got to figure out how to make things happen or way, like use mayor as a decoy sometimes to hit some right behind them. Or I don't know. They have to figure something, something out on offense. But defensively, I know this. Golden your scheme might be bad okay i think his scheme may be bad because sometimes he will pull too like and i don't know if he's pulling them out the box or if if they they're going their but it'll be like one or no linebackers available in the middle of the field like they're all like coming off the edge or something it's like and then they'll get they got a big run it's like of course, they're gonna to go to a run or check to a run if there's nobody in the middle of the field. They're gonna to throw to the middle of the field if there's nobody there. Yeah. I feel like there's a problem with the scheming on defense. Defense starts so off well in the first half. Second half, they start to they start to decrease. Now I think that's because at halftime, UNLV you know, went there. They notice it. Start making. Hey, they're doing this. We're gonna play off that, and we're gonna make things happen off that. So I feel like. Golden needs a. When, I don't know if Golden when he goes in he makes changes to his defense. I think like it's working. Let's keep going. But you gotta understand they're gonna make some adjustments also. So I feel like something's wrong with that defensive scheme. The reason why they can't finish at the end of games. Something ha- something's broken.
0: Yeah the 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 linebackers like if our linebackers are just out of the picture it's never gonna work out well and that that's kind of a throwaway comment obviously. But, but it's been especially true with this team, where if you guys don't have guys with, you know, sound assignment football um, or or Golden is calling, you know, these crazy blitzes where both linebackers are blitzing and now you're le- you know, leaving this wide open, you know, hole in the middle of the field and, you know, someone makes a good step or a good read um, and either a dump pass or, you know, a talented athlete, you know, he gets to the edge or gets through the hole whatever it is man there's just nothing but grass in front of him and and it's a big big gain for for notre dame's opponent Um,
7: it it it, it just seemed like when they were sending those linebackers they were in a zone defense it's like no if you're gonna send all your linebackers, you got to go man you can't go zone and give up Certain reads, certain shirt passes in the middle of the field. You have to man up and take that inside route away or, or take those routes away. Yeah, is what like they go zone. It's like, that's dumb. It makes no sense to go zone. But I don't know. That's just the coach in me that just <laughs> looks at the. like. It, it was great looking at it from a high view, and I love looking at film. So seeing it from the high view, I seen everything. I just, I enjoyed that part of it. I mean, it was a good game. Could have been better. Should have been blew him out by. 50 or more yeah i
0: think we could have had 56 we should have had 50 60 points i agree
7: so i mean good that we won um i don't see us um these last few games are going to be rough we don't make some changes i mean i think i I agree it's gonna be rough
0: i agree we'll have we'll have lots to talk about in those post game shows as well so you said you were in the uh, i assume you were in the upper section because you said you you were up high
7: yeah, I was in the upper section,
0: yeah. Okay. Now were you like in one of the corners or in the end zones, or were you kind of along the the sideline oh. there?
7: Midfield. So I was pretty much in midfield in that higher in the area. Oh there so you the go. Student, the student section has to be like, come on, you guys have to fill up that area. Come on.
0: No, they just come crowd on. together, you know, they all just Right, <laughs> like,
7: guy. It should it been that much. It shouldn't have been that much space over there. Come on.
0: Come on. I remember when I was a student, you know, like like you get at least at the time, like you get like an assigned a seat ish, at least by section. But we always just like crammed together, you know, and you know, a couple of rows and way too many people were in one area. And like, they're not really like ushers, aren't really checking seats and tickets um, in, you know, the students, at least when I was there, that's not how it was, but you know, they tend (laughs) to kind of crowd together or they just kind of, I don't know, like, let me ask this question. Were the students doing the wave Again,
7: that was so annoying. Are they, they doing it so still?
0: Yes. God bless America.
7: They, they're doing it while a play is happening. Right? We have the ball. We're running the play, and you guys are doing the wave.
0: Yeah. What I, are you doing? I th- I have gone on this rant many times, and I'm glad I wasn't there to witness it. But the the wave is starting with the students. Yeah, absolutely. And that tells me that there's a problem with. The culture of the student body, um, you know, that they're just there for a social kind of thing. And Absolutely. look, you know, they're not running podcasts and hardcore and whatnot, like like people contributing to this show, right? Or diehard super fans, you know. I, I'm sure there's some students that are like that, you know. But there needs to be, you know, some sort of... Like, like seriously, like, if they do pep rallies still on campus, the players need to tell the students, get up there and say, don't do the wave. We don't want you doing that. We want you to be shouting and yelling. Okay. We do not want you to do the wave. You know, the only time it's like really quote unquote, okay to do the wave is if we are killing them by 40 points. And it's like the fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah. The The game is in doubt. But the, like when I was at the cow game, they were do, trying to do it in the second quarter. And it was like a one possession game. I'm like, what the hell are you doing?
7: It was it was it's so annoying. It's so annoying. Yeah.
0: So so yeah. that to me is shows the the lack of um killer instinct by the student body, you know. Um so And they
7: don't they don't stop it. Like they just keep doing it.
0: Like When shame time, on any of the fans that that like participate. And it's like yeah. like no, it's not it's not okay. Oh, I want
7: to say I did not participate.
0: Uh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I did not either and I I kind of Tell people around me, please don't do it. It it bothers me, you know.
7: <laughs> yeah, it's very annoying.
0: Yeah, no, the uh, you know, the, they got the wave going on, that's annoying. They they need to stop that. Um, you know, I don't think Notre Dame did uh followed my suggestion regarding um you know changing up the the music ahead of time. I don't know if anyone saw that. Um I suggested to Five Foot Nothing Pod to have a different remix per se. Uh, shipping up to Boston, and that's kind of how we started uh, the show tonight. Uh, so if anyone's coming on late live, you'll hear that on the podcast version that should be uh, released maybe late tonight or early tomorrow morning, depending on how productive, quote-unquote, I am tonight in my post-production uh, publication. But, uh, yeah, so, Kevin, you were there. you know, And I appreciate you being there, um, giving us kind of the live in-game um, you know, approach. Um, now, fortunately, with the game being on Peacock, it's probably available to go back. Now, what was annoying for all of us who had to watch it on Peacock is the app crashed on me three times. And what's really bizarre is I have Xfinity. And so since like NBC and Xfinity are all kind of like under the same hat, the fact that the app is crashing on its own like network is really, really problematic. Um, so I had to restart the app four times, which was bizarre. Um, or is it because the app is overloaded because all these Notre Dame people are watching it? Who knows? But they got it. They got to figure that out. Well, Kevin, any other uh, thoughts here? Um, my, my battery is about to die here. We're about 5% left. I did not charge it during the game. Um, any other uh, thoughts you have? Um, is this the last game you? have I assume you're going to go to this season.
7: Yeah, it's probably. Yeah, I'm hoping we can get to uh, six and six. Oh, we can break even this year, but we'll see. I don't. I don't know if it's going to happen.
0: I yeah. I I would love for Notre Dame to go six and six. You know, definitely uh, get wins over Navy and Boston College. The other three opponents. Obviously, we'd love to have wins there, but realistically, and that's what we do on this podcast with data, we're talking about numbers and facts and we're breaking down and we're providing some constructive criticism of how we want this team to get better. Um, Maybe it just doesn't look like it's in the cards this season. Um, And that's it's not okay. but it is kind of where we are right now. It is reality. Great. Well, Kevin, uh, thanks so much. We're going to see if we can jump over to Brett here real quick. Uh, Brett Westhoven, if you wish to speak, um, you're going to shut us down tonight, uh, with 4% battery life, your host, uh, will end the show. Brett Westhoven, you've been invited to speak on the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. If not, we will just shut her down and take the victory, and uh, watch some evening evening football well Brett's not going to jump on that's fine he just wants to listen that's cool Um, but yeah Notre Dame is victorious you know it it does sound like we're kind of negative and sad or critical you know we want Notre Dame to crush weaker opponents especially you know someone from the Mountain West in UNLV uh, a team with inferior talent a team that has a 107th rank strength of schedule and was ranked 115 in Sagarin coming into this game with a recruiting four-year recruiting average of 87 and a half. So uh, clearly Notre Dame should dominate and that does not happen. So, well, thank you everyone for joining us tonight. Wookie, hockey dude, Ivan, brother of hockey dude, I believe, Justin Cates, Holzum 35 Adam Dowling1, and Davis0560. I am at faithful underscore Irish on Twitter. This is the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. This was episode 18 of season three. Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. Have a good evening, and go Irish.
2: It's caught by Samarza, inside the 20, inside the 10, he's going in, Notre Dame has scored! Dawson Kroos, open receiver in the end zone, touchdown, Notre Dame, somehow, the Irish did it! Out of the pack, 30, 35, goodbye baby, at the 50, the 40, the 30, the 20!
6: looking for a block, touch to the right, to the 40,
2: gets a block, gets to the 45, 50, up to the 45, 40, 30, one man to beat, 20, 15, 10, he's to the 5, touchdown Irish!